on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Knock, knock. There's a new leader in time spent on Android apps. And App Annie, we are not okay. If you find yourself Microsoft binging what crazy stunt Zuck is up to, you might stumble upon the new multimedia ad format. And the advertiser might be paying 40% higher for your click. And Christine Elizabeth Shepard Zernheld Windsor enlightened us on the Royals. How do you know my middle name? All on today's show. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week, powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere, and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York, to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm your host, Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shop. I'm Mark Saltarelli. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on July 9th, 2021. Hello, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the holiday weekend, and thank you for joining us for another fantastic episode. Mark, it is good to see you. What is new in your world? I had a very lovely and busy 4th of July weekend. On the 3rd, we had my cousin Emily's um, high school graduation party, and she is like my prodigy. We're BFFs. (laughs) And I just want to say from her grad party, which... Wow, it was a party. Um, that the new karaoke machines where you just like hook up your phone with Bluetooth and play YouTube videos are so amazing. I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, yeah. You just have like the microphones and then you use your phone as like the karaoke monitor and that plays the music. And it shows you the words or no? You have to guess. Yes. No, like you find like YouTube karaoke videos. So they're really, it's limitless what you can do. My Aunt Jill and I were rocking all night. My grandma was laughing, (laughs) having a great time. It is amazing, and because of, we were like borrowing my cousin's friend's karaoke machine that does this, and my other cousin's like, I'm just buying us Bluetooth microphones to have at all times. I need one too. at all times. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, in you never, car. you never yeah. know when you're gonna need to do karaoke. No, it's like I have a football on me at all times. You do? I do in my car. I'd I feel rather like, have a mic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like me too. Yeah. <laughs> I have kids. You get stuck places. Like you can still have fun. It's like a inf- little inflatable football. But would your kids rather have a football or a Bluetooth microphone? A football. Mm, I'd like to ask them. Make them the source. All right. I'll ask them. Bring it back for next week's show. Caleb, what's new with you? Speaking of what kids want, I have something that I think all kids everywhere will, will want. It better not be from Mo Willems. It's it's definitely not. So, Mark, if you could pass these to Greg and John. Oh, my goodness. You'll never guess here. what this is. Forgive the terrible wrap. Should I, like, job. tear it loudly? Oh, I, oh yeah, absolutely. I Why thought not? it was a great wrap. You guys, these are wraps. I can't believe you wrapped Go, dog, go. Wow. I got the greatest children's book ever. Just so your kids Caleb, can understand so nice. the this joy of education. Awesome, it's a great book for learning how to read. There's just like no plot. You know, um, there's a great insane. plot. And if you open it up to page seven, no, I'm just playing. But uh, <laughs> no, now your kids will be endlessly entertained for, until they're 18. So yeah. So anyone who skipped you in the heck last week, Caleb picked Go.Go yeah. Go well, in his children's book draft. And we were all roasting him. Which, oh my by God, the way, what is wrong? Okay, so I did not listen to it yet. Full disclosure. <laughs> I'm only halfway through the episode. And Go.Go Go is my my favorite children's book. Thank you! And Let's go! He needs one too. I lied to my parents and told them I knew how to read because I just memorized Go Dog Go and would open it up and would just know what was on the page, but I couldn't actually read it. And I actually had bought you as a shower present, Go Dog, that exact board book. Oh no, you got me a better one. Because I got that other one. You got me ABC Dance. I bought it and I realized that that board book isn't the complete Go Dog Go. Uh, Wait, what? Whoa. They cut it down and remove pages because board books can only be so long. Oh, I so think it's they do missing it for content. Parents, so they don't have to read as much. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Caleb. Of course, I appreciate it. Of course. It. What about you, Greg? Well, I have to issue an apology to our listeners oh. because, in case you listened to last week's episode, 
somebody cursed at the intro. I didn't. And that wasn't even a joke. That was you. You dropped an AT. H-E- double hockey sticks was cursed. Oh it's my not. goodness. So big apologies to our listeners it was in by the way of Shep. Okay, I am sorry, everyone. Okay. And then secondly, I feel really down on myself. I'm getting old. I'm about to go over the hill. But I went to a ropes course. And it's where you climb and you like you're kind of like Spider-Man up in there. I still got it. Like I still got it. I feel good is huge confidence booster. Just fly right across those obstacles. And I'm like feeling great. I'm like, you know what? You still got it, Greg. Well, if you want to feel terrible, I was going to share. Um, don't look in the Target self-checkout cameras. Have you guys ever done that? Yes. Yeah. I, I forgot <laughs> how bad you look in those cameras. It's really a day ruiner. Like I got my hair cut yesterday. I caught up on sleep. I took an extra day off after the long weekend. I was feeling good. Go to Target. Look in the self-checkout camera. Like the bags under my eyes. How, why does it make them so big? <laughs> because it compresses your face to the size of a dime. So it's just like absurdly bad every time. You should put the bags in your hands. <laughs> oh that they like shame you out of shoplifting by being like, this is the picture we're going to show. If you see it. It's so terrible. If you haven't done it, like don't do it. It ruins your life. Don't shoplift. Or look at the cameras at the Target self-checkout. It's evil. Monitoring in progress. Okay, well, that's some terrible news, but we have some good news for Microsoft Advertising because they announced a new responsive ad format called Multimedia Ads this week. These can appear on all Bing.com search pages and showcase your brand and products with a rich format, including large images that are essentially the background behind your tech. So make sure you check us out on YouTube or look at the article in our newsletter to see what these look like. I think it's awesome and they're definitely going to like really stand out on the SERPs, but it does kind of scare me with anything B2B and images. There's just going to be so much like bad stock imagery happening. I like this. And for our company ads that we're running, we could go grab that target security cam and put out <laughs> work with Christine. Nobody would work with us. Yeah, so I'll be interested to see what people do with stock imagery here. Like, I think it's going to really be out of control. I can't wait to see the stock sky and the surface. Yeah, because they're like large, beautiful images. It's not going to be cute. So advertisers can add images, short headlines, long headlines, CTAs, your business name and descriptions, and machine learning will test different combinations that will be prominently featured on the right rail or in the main line at the top of the search results page. There will only be one multimedia ad on a page for only one advertiser at a time. Microsoft recommends that you upload ad variations of all of images in all four aspect ratios that they are offering for this. And then they get in the article into the automated recommendation portion of this, which as always, I have to make all about me because Cole (laughs) from our team spotted these back in April and he noticed that he was already opted into multimedia ad auto apply ad suggestions and we didn't even know what they were yet and it's in you only have a seven day window to accept these instead of 14. did that <laughs> accidentally get rolled out that they're auto applying it before you can even make that i think so because john from microsoft we asked him about it and he was like oh i don't have much to say about this and just like kind of copy pasted what was in there like I think it was before Mm. the rollout but everybody you're auto applied into this like make sure you go in at the account level and turn it off if you don't want to be a part of this and as you know with auto applied images Google can't even get it right we saw the example of the chicken salad and instead they use the pre-chicken the egg salad in the example (laughs) so definitely make sure to check it out and it says it sounds like they're going to pull from what you have for um, image extensions or if you have Microsoft audience network campaigns they'll pull from images there but you don't know how it's going to match up with your ad mm-hmm. like the keywords you're targeting so yeah. just be aware of especially that especially if you're using like a designed image rather than just a stock image it can yeah. really be way off another important thing to note with these a 40 percent bid modifier will be applied as the default setting so you're bidding up 40 percent whatever you set your bid at for that keyword that's weird yeah. that is aggressive <laughs> like if you don't know that's there that's a problem yeah so i feel like maybe you should at least set an ad group with only these in it mm-hmm. or maybe a campaign yeah and it's weird because if you're already doing the top of page bid you're probably at the right bid to have that image so why are we bidding up another 40 percent? i don't know it was like the country of spain tourism was the example so I, they have a lot of budget to spend i guess mm-hmm. yeah spain's got money 
And also they teased a few things on the way with these. They said that video will soon be available for these. Ads for retail can be set up that will connect to your product feeds. They also said they'll expand to the Microsoft audience network eventually and automatic bidding is on the way and they will have import opportunities so they'll be easier to set up. And these are available for advertisers worldwide rolling out over the next few weeks. So check those out, give them a test. What else is happening, Greg? All right, on July 1st, we got a tweet from Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison handle. And he said the July 2021 core update previously announced is now rolling out. These typically take one to two weeks to finish. Our guidance about such updates is here and it sends people to the core update document that they do all the time. So we are in a flurry of updates every week, like multiple times a week. We're seeing updates here in the summer. Um, and there is a great post over by Power Listener Barry Schwartz on Search Engine Roundtable where he covers everything you need to know about June and July core updates and what people are seeing. He even made a cool infographic that kind of took a look at some of those updates. And just so you want to know what's happened here recently with updates, April 22nd, product reviews updates. June 12th, the June core update. June 10th was the Predator update. And the page experience update started on June 15th and will be done by August. The spam update part one uh, was June 23rd. The June 23rd spam update part two was June 28th. And the June, July 2021 core update started on the first and will take two weeks. So good luck, people. It's like the, the weddings in the summer, the updates. The summer. <laughs> Every yeah. week. And if you want more um, core update content, we have a great new TikTok at Marketing O'Clock. Follow us. Um, fans of Chad Kroger will love. Oh, Check boy. <laughs> And we can't not finish this out without talking about what everybody's got a real appetite for here, the charts. And yeah. this was honestly the most fun I've ever had looking at charts. These charts were phenomenal. And I think this is like charts of the year. I don't know if we have that award for Clockskers, but it was just an amazing week. And I was sitting there reading Barry's post and I was just like that Vince McMahon gif where he's looking at something and falls out of the chair. Yep, and I just got doing that, Caleb, where I'm just shaking my head and falling backward looking at these charts. And there was a clear winner. I don't know the name of it, but it was the orange chart. And it was a phenomenal chart that they had there. It was AccuRanker, and man, July 2nd really hit different on that chart, so enjoy. And that's it. What do you got, Mark? I got a lot of numbers for us this week because of analytics firm App Annie released their latest state of mobile report, revealing some surprising findings for us. Um, the one thing I will say, the report is based on mobile app consumer behavior from 2019 to 2021, but everything in this article was saying Android, 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 so I would say this is Android app consumer behavior. Yeah, well, nobody knows what the consumers are doing on iPhone anymore. There's They're no secure. Data. Yeah. They're not sharing. <laughs> sharing isn't always caring. Um, first up, like a lot of this is about TikTok. And if you haven't guessed, TikTok has the most average hourly time spent across the US and the UK out of any application. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know if you're joking or not. No, it is. Like, that's nuts. Yeah, it grew really like, fast. On, over YouTube? Yeah. TikToks are quick. Yeah, but, but you can watch so YouTube many. YouTube doesn't keep you hooked the way TikTok does. People mm -hmm. have outro videos and you close the app. I don't know what you're doing on TikTok. I get in there and I'm immediately unhooked. This I is... said that for months and months and months and here I am now. <laughs> yeah, like last night I was like, it was 1130 open TikTok. Next thing I know it's 145. So it's absolutely that type of Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So looking at U.S. data from 2019 to 2021, now in 2021, um, there's an average of 24 and a half hours spent on TikTok per month compared to YouTube, which is at 22 hours. And TikTok being more isn't to say that people aren't using YouTube, because if you look at the 2019 data, um, TikTok had 16 average monthly hours, where YouTube was at 21.5. 
So YouTube stayed about the same, and it's just that people are now using TikTok more. And comparing that to the UK, the difference is actually much more dramatic. Um, people are spending 26 hours per month on TikTok, where it's 16 on YouTube. So UK is like TikTok crazy over there, mm -hmm. and they're not into the YouTube shorts. Nobody is. <laughs> <laughs> but this is very um, dependent by country. It's not necessarily a global trend. Like looking at South Korea, YouTube is more than double TikTok at 40 hours per month. They are YouTube fanatics over there where TikTok is at 16 hours. So if you're doing marketing in different countries, your platforms are probably going to be different. Um, the biggest trend with TikTok isn't necessarily that these numbers are larger than other networks, but the growth is insane from 2019. They eclipsed any other application, growing 70% in the US and 80% in the UK from 2019 to 2021. And comparing this to Facebook, which we've all known as the social media giant, um, Facebook hasn't really grown since 2019. I think that makes sense. Like everyone's mom's on there now and that's mm -hmm. just going to stay that way. So they went from 15 and a half hours per month to 17 and a half, whereas TikTok grew from 12.8 to 21.5 to give context to how TikTok is growing. But if we're tired of talking about TikTok, we want to go back to YouTube. Um, YouTube still is a dominant channel in terms of streaming on mobile devices. Um, despite everyone being all about the popular streaming services, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, people aren't really using these streaming services on mobile. YouTube still really is the premier platform for long form video content on mobile. Looking at 2020, um, Android users spent an average of 23.1 hours per month on YouTube. But looking at the streaming services, um, there's only 5.7 for Netflix, 4.3 for Hulu, and 2.7 for Amazon Prime. Um, they say the difference is mainly attributed towards user-generated content, live streams, and esports, which you can only really get on YouTube. But personally, I'm thinking I watch YouTube on my phone. I only use streaming services on my yeah. TV or laptop. <clears throat> like, who's binge-watching Netflix on their phone? Nobody. I have a theory about why Amazon Prime is so low. That it stinks. <laughs> oh. Has anybody seen The Tomorrow War? You don't watch Starring this? Chris oh Pratt? My, it was terrible. It was the worst thing I've seen in a long time. Worst thing I've seen since Flight, the movie. Yeah, I'm a movie guy, and I can usually sit through stuff. Always but, uh, hating on Flight. Unbearable. This movie is unbearable. And J.K. Simmons was in it. It made no sense. J.K. Simmons is amazing. Yeah, but the movie isn't, so it doesn't add up. I'll have to check it out and report back. Don't. Don't. <laughs> and that's all good news for marketers, because like, there's not anything you can do on the Amazon Prime Video app. Yeah. But like on YouTube, go crazy. I know, and it's exciting that... Um, America's Next Top Model moved from Amazon Prime to Hulu because you can run ads there. I didn't know that, but I will go home and watch. I'm smizing over that. <laughs> I'm really just wondering who's getting this $100 million shorts fund that they talked about. Like, who's getting that? Like, not what creators? <laughs> I know, but that's so much money and for something to not... I've also seen well. channels go back and re-update every one of their videos, putting in the hashtag shorts, which is what you need to do to become a short, taking all their old videos that weren't made for shorts and putting the shorts hashtag in just to try to game the algorithm. And guess what? Not going to end well. I wonder if anyone was doing videos about like shorts that you wear and was using hashtag shorts and they got some of the money. Cargos. Seer suckers. <laughs> Zip offs. And rounding out the main news here, we always talk about social platforms stealing from each other, but this is kind of a weird one. Via Amanda Siberling at TechCrunch, Facebook is testing a new feature that gives public figures the ability to create a new post that's connected to a previous one on a related subject aka threads. This feature ties the post together visually so fans can more easily follow updates over time and when the new post appears in the followers news feed it will be shown as being connected to the other previous posts in the thread. And then there's going to be a button that says view posts in thread that lets followers navigate to see the posts that are connected. I bet I know why they did this. What? I bet it was because of 
Mark Zuckerberg, and as in case you haven't followed him on Facebook, he is legit. Everything looks like he's trying out for like the Spartan Games, and he probably wants to just be like, I only want to see the threads talking about like sick bro, sick spear toss, or sick. <laughs> That's what people are threading about. I bet he would like to see like I just want to follow the thread about this is good. Or maybe like the only sharp thing he hasn't thrown yet is a needle. So thread. Whoa. Ah, that was a high concept one. Just incepted me. So, of course, this was spotted by Matt Navarra. And Facebook confirmed that they are testing this, but wouldn't say if the test would roll out more broadly to other public figures on the platform or if they would expand it to pages, businesses, Facebook groups, etc. Matt also has a screenshot of what this looks like that we will have in the newsletter. And at first I thought... The whole point of threads is like to get around the character limit. Like this seems like something we really don't need. Um, But there are a couple of good points made in this that I thought were interesting. They said this could be used for live commentary on an event like an award show, which was like why I needed to delete my personal Twitter account because I just thought everyone cared what I thought about the Oscars in 2014 and it wasn't funny. So that'll be great. Or for journalists or government officials, if you're talking about something that's like an ongoing news story, you could update it as it goes so i guess it could be interesting to see what happens here but this was invented to get around the character limit it's just like people stealing stories for the opposite reason as what they were made for people made stories on snapchat so that you could keep content up longer and now everyone Mm -hmm. uses it to keep it up shorter (laughs) you know what i mean nobody asked for this i mean i think to to be fair threads are helpful in general and there are lots of systems that do threads poorly. <coughs> Discord. <laughs> but like, yeah, if somebody's going off on a tangent and you want to have a secondary conversation and you're a public figure, fine. I don't have a problem with it. That Isn't is that true. What? They're so bad in Discord. Now I'm like scared that's going to happen in Facebook. Yeah. We're just going to see everyone's like, updates. You could then have sub-conversations in a way. But there's already comments. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like the comments and you can reply to a specific to comments. comments. Like, why do you need to connect different posts? I don't know. This hierarchy doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but I didn't ask for this. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. Just keep throwing your axes. One of them will hit one of these days. (laughs) Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take of the week, it's a takeoff. And we have two different takes here for some bad customer service from ad platforms. And first up, from Chelsea Hring, and her full name on Twitter is Chelsea Bradley, but it's spelled C-H-E-L-S-E-R-H-A-N-E, Hring? I don't know. Either way, Chelsea, I Let feel know, for you. Chelsea. I feel for you, Chelsea, because she got an email that said, Hi, Chelsea. This is John Jonah Lee from Facebook Concierge Support. Thanks for your patience while I reviewed the ad account. As promised, I'm following up with you, and I've heard back from our dedicated team. I do not know how to sugarcoat this, so I'll just say it. Your ad account will remain restricted as it has violated advertising policies. I know this is not the response you're hoping for, but I am afraid such is life. Like I said on the chat, I'm just a messenger. Don't hate me. Dot, 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 dot. I am just kidding. I have great news. So great. It is perfectly splendid. Your ad account was reviewed and activated. Woohoo. Break out the champagne and celebrate. I'm so upset about this. Andrea shared it in Discord, right? It <laughs> she, is, I think so. There's so many things wrong with it. Like, first of all, just fundamentally not being funny. Yeah. And then, like, second of all, like, messing with someone about something that could potentially be very serious for your client. Yeah, it's like, this is your profession. This is how you make money. And this, like, probably had a serious business impact for these people. Like, an old company I used to work at, one-eighth of our new business came from Facebook ads. This had the same energy to me as like your little like sibling being like, "Oh, I broke your favorite toy." Just kidding, you know. You know what I mean? And it's someone who constantly is messing things up all the time anyway, and it was totally believable. Like, don't make a joke about something you can't do. Yeah. Anyway, Chelsea had taken this message and, and tweeted out, "I'm going to change some of the, so we don't get bleeped like I was Shep over here." And I'm going to change it. But she says, can you hecking believe this response from Facebook after a month of disputing them disabling an ad account for no reason? 
Everyone hates you, and you did this for no reason, and you're trying to be hacking funny. Everyone so. hates you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And in other tales from bad customer services comes from Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92 on Twitter. Little did she know she was going to suggest something that mm-hmm. go up against her. But she said, another great sales rep email. Never as good as the one at Milwaukee PPC got from Google, though. And the message reads, hi, Andrea. I wanted to reach out to get ahead of campaign planning and potential pitches for your clients. I've attached insights below for upcoming moments on Pinterest. Based off your, this is all highlighted, client list link, I see a few potential opportunities to leverage these upcoming moments, specifically for advertiser name for moment, advertiser name for moment, (laughs) advertiser name for moment, and they're all highlighted there. They forgot to swap them out. So to make matters worse, Andrea then got a follow-up email from this mistake email from the same rep who responded to his previous email full of errors Mm -hmm. and said, hi, Andrea, circling back on this best. And then she scribbled out the names and resent the email. (laughs) Andrea's like, guy's crazy. Follow-up email of the year goes to this Pinterest biz rep. And then she tweeted marketing clock at Al Chassis and Milwaukee PPC. So... I got to I got to I got to chuckle out of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know even how to pick a winner. They're just both so <laughs> terrible. There's only losers and they're the account reps. Yeah, okay? We, yeah. We, or is, are we all the losers who are just getting this awful customer service? Like you have someone who doesn't take what we do seriously and then you have someone who doesn't know how to use an email template. It's so sad. Well, I know uh, the winners are Chelsea and Andrea, so Thank you for that. We'll call it a co-win this week. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. ICYMI people from Maurice Romney at M Romney on Twitter. He has a thread and the first tweet in the thread is, I've shared this in the past, but this is still a good reminder. If you think diversification will be a silver bullet for your business because of iOS 14.5 or people tweeting about how good TikTok Snap, another shiny new object is, or you're getting channel envy, don't. And then I'll skip to later in the thread. He talks about Textile, who owns Fabletics, Savage X, Fenty, Just Fab, etc., their paid social marketing mix for the last three years. They moved less than 4% away from Facebook in three years and they spent over 87 million a year on digital. So they share this graph and they say, we have traditionally been a scaled Facebook and Instagram advertiser, but saw an opportunity to diversify and scale on Snapchat and Pinterest too, unlocking incremental reach. This graph is so ridiculous. (laughs) So in 2017, they have 94.1% on Facebook. 3.2 3.2 on Pinterest and 2.6 on Snapchat. Then by 2019, you guys have to look at this on YouTube. They have 90.3% on Facebook, 1.9% on Snapchat, and 7.8% on Pinterest. But the Pinterest part of the graph has grown so much, it looks like it's 50% or more. It's the worst graph, nominate for worst graph of the year. This is breaking it's, my brain. I. It, <laughs> It just pains me to see people who don't understand how graphs work. <laughs> like your axis cannot start at eighty four percent if you do not have a marker that says it's a broken graph and goes there's a gap between zero and eighty four. Like you don't start a graph at eighty four. You start at zero. <laughs> we definitely need best graph and worst graph awards. L- legit, the seven point eight percent is larger than the ninety percent. I think I think the big takeaway here is you see people being like, oh look at this, we're spending more here. Guess what? You're not. You're still spending all that money, 90% of your money, which I'm sure the budgets have gone up on, on Facebook. You're spending more money there. Don't lie. You can't. Nobody's stupid enough to believe this graph. What on earth is this? They're they're also not statistically significant different percentages. And, And Snapchat went down. How are you saying it went up? But you guys are missing the bird and the colors that coordinate with the graph. It's really nice. Yeah, and the the yellow is the smallest part on the bird, even though it represents 90% of the ad spend. It's just a great graph. Everyone's got to check it out. It, it's great. 
love it. But yeah, don't believe the hype. You see all these things. You see people go, oh, we diversified. Guess what? Uh, and who, this company that owns all the fabs, they didn't diversify. They just cooked the, cooked the numbers. <laughs> they cooked the books. Now it's time for this week's pew, pew. lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in paid this week, Microsoft Advertising released a blog with a few recent updates. First, dynamic, dynamic remarketing isn't just for hotels and vacation rentals, but also for automotive listings, entertainment events, and travel and tourism ads. Coming in July, search campaigns that extend to the Microsoft audience network will support all of Microsoft's automated bidding strategies, which are max conversions, max clicks, target CPA, and target ROAS. But that might sound better than it really is because it's not for standalone Microsoft audience network campaigns. It's only for their search campaigns that extend to the Microsoft audience network, which nobody, I, I guess I don't know about it, how it compares to like search and display on Google. I haven't tested it. But I don't want to do that I don't, with automated bidding. I don't like, because normally my objectives and what I'm doing and the budget I have is set aside for my search campaigns and my display campaigns are very different and they're different KPIs and different expectations. Yeah. Why would I mix those together? They're and it's very different, different things. And it's different intents. Too. It's like different yeah. user intent for that. The, well, like, one has intent, one doesn't. Right, right. exactly. And it's why would you mix that, that budget together? It makes no, no sense. I don't understand any of it. So I would not turn on max clicks for that. Just a little advice. <laughs> That's probably the worst thing you can do. They also said that countdown customizers and location insertions are now compatible with RSAs. And they have also added more CTA options for action extensions in search ads. I think we should get a little more creative for action extensions. Like there's no options there that are like do it now or else. We should test it. Yeah, we should test threats. Yeah. Yes, threat <laughs> extensions. I love it. <laughs> and as of July 1st, Pinterest has banned all weight loss related ads on the platform. They said they are banning quant- content that displays, rationalizes, or encourages eating disorders and other types of self-injury. This does not include ads promoting healthy lifestyles and habits like fitness products and services and they will still be allowed to show on the platform. Only ads that specifically call out weight loss will be banned. And Pinterest had already banned a lot of things, like any kind of fat-burning, liposuction, before and after, supplements, pills, anything like that. This is now any language or imagery about weight loss. Yeah, so slap it somewhere else, I I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I just love to see a platform like investing in like the quality of their platform rather than just making money. Yeah, totally. And a new study from the Wall Street Journal says that spending on iOS mobile advertising has fallen by about one-third between June 1st and July 1st, according to ad measurement firm Tengen. Why are all the ad measurement firms, like, hard to say? <laughs> but Android spending rose 10%. So this is they're saying this is due to the iOS 14 update. So keep an eye on that. And from BFF of the show, Andrea Cruise, there is a new course from Microsoft that is called Marketing with a Purpose. And this is set up to help you accelerate growth by building a more trusted brand, they say. There are five courses, including the role of responsibility in marketing, the role of values, the role of inclusion, and the final step is to earn your badge. So we always love another badge. Yeah, check it out. And we reported a few weeks ago that Google Ads discovery and video campaigns will be using optimized targeting instead of audience expansion. And friend of the show, Brett Budofsky, at Brett Budofsky on Twitter, says, check by default when setting up discovery campaigns. And it's the new optimized targeting setting. And they say 20% more conversions on average by using optimized targeting. I would love to know at what cost. No data there. It's so insane. Yeah. 20% more conversions for 200% more cost. I would just love to see how different all these things were if like we could set a target cost per action and they had to like own up to like, you're going to get 20 more conversions if you turn this on and then they paid us for it. There'd be no promises anywhere. And, And just... Don't make it auto-checked no. on. Yeah. Um, more volume is not better performance. No. Cost and conversion rate are important. Yeah. 
So if you're setting up new Discovery or video campaigns, make sure you have that turned off. It is probably on automatically. Thanks, Brett. And we have a tweet from at Alex. Wow, I just realized that handle. Yeah. It's like some swagger. At A-L-E-X on Twitter. He has a tweet that says, here's how bad Google has gotten. And he has a screenshot. He's looking for pet insurance. And he has like the full phone screenshot. So it's two full scrolls to get past (laughs) all four ads, including a people also consider carousel of ads that technically shows more than two. So it's way it's like six. Plus, most of these have image extensions. <laughs> it's so obnoxious. And then at the end, he says, anyway, I was trying to learn more about pet insurance. <laughs> Happy scrolling, Alex. And from Luke in our Discord community, he asked if anyone else's Facebook custom audiences are acting wonky. He said in the morning, the day he posted, their, remark- their remarketing audiences jumped to 660,000 people compared to Google Analytics, which says the total number of visitors for those pages was only 12,000. And after some investigation, it seems like they set them up to Facebook. When you set it up, it populates to target the whole website of visitors for your site. And then they settle down and only include the, vid- the visitors for the certain page that people specify. And I hadn't seen that before. That's really cool. Well, it's not cool. Well, not cool. It's nice nice they don't keep it there. Yeah, it's cool that Luke figured it out. And it's just like terrible. It makes me glad that we have Swaggy Pete in Discord when he shared this. (laughs) (laughs) When he's got the question marks on his face. Because like, why? Everyone hates you, Facebook. (laughs) And that is it for Paid. What's happening in Organic? All right. First up, the fabulous John Chehada has shared some news from his News Dash product. And he shared it with Barry Schwartz over on the seroundtable.com site. And in the top stories carousel, Google search has now broke the 12% mark in displaying non-AMP URLs. In case you don't recall, being an AMP news story wasn't a ranking factor. It was a ranking requirement that Danny had clarified. Um, And now that's been removed and the non-AMP stories are making it back into news. So if you are a big publisher, Go to the 20th of June, go to your annotations, and stamp it in there as an update. (laughs) Next up. And then just annotate every other day this year for a quarter. Yeah, just every day. Every day. Anyway, next up from Search Engine Journal, Google is talking about using multiple types of schema on a page. And the recommendation was that from, I believe this was from John Mueller, and there was a Hangouts or Webmaster Hours, and somebody had asked, can you have multiple schemas on a page? And he said, there's two aspects here from our guidelines. We wanna make sure the structured data you have on your page matches your primary element and page, and that it really should be what the page is about. Is the FAQ the primary part of the page? And then it should be FAQ, basically. I'm, I'm, I'm adding this in here. Um, is the relevant part reviews? Then it should be review, and it makes total sense. I cannot wait to see how all of us SEO optimizers take this out of context. <laughs> and then he went on to say, a recipe-rich result can also include a star rating, for example, but an FAQ-rich result cannot be compliant, combined with a how-to. So not all schemas are the same, obviously. And then he said, um, it just said a bunch of other things. If, if your page is an FAQ page, make it about that. If it's a little teeny FAQ at the bottom, don't jam everything in there. Do what the entire page is about. It's like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. All right, next up was, this is obviously a slow week here, slow summer week, but John Mueller had been asked the question, what is your vision for the future of SEO? And Matt Southern over on the Journal of Search Engines has an article. Mueller responded, I don't know, good question. I don't have that five minute answer on the future of SEO. I think one of the things that people always worry about is everything around machine learning and that Google's algorithms will get so far as to automatically understand every website and SEO will be obsolete. (gasps) Nobody will need to do that. I don't think that will happen. But it's like, that's your job, basically, is to be like, I want to make this search engine the best it can so that people can't game it and people can't, you know, manipulate it, which is essentially something you want to set your site up to do well if you're an SEO optimizer so we'll see about that it's just funny it's like that's everybody's job is to be like don't don't try to you know manipulate this don't try to game the system don't buy links don't do this it's like yeah you don't you don't want seos around 
You don't. <laughs> you just hate on them all the time. And well, you are you in the organic section. Like no. you are an SEO. I didn't pick this. I didn't pick this. You kind of did though. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up from the Watch SEO Optimizers Go Wild is an article from the Journal of Search Engines again, and it is Matt Southern and saying that Google is cautioning against using too many internal links on your site. That's a, it's a reach. It's a reach and a half. And this is why we can't have nice things. But um, <laughs> So what did they say? What John said was, if all pages are linked to all other pages on the website where you essentially have like a complete internal linking across every single page, then there's no real structure there. It's like this one giant mass of pages for the, this website, and they're all interlinked. We can't figure out what the most important ones are. We can't figure out which one of these are related to each other. In a case like that, having all of those internal links, you're not really doing your site that much. I can't imagine how long they have to think about everything they say when they're answering these questions because everyone's just going to go insane and take it out of context. I don't know how many times we have to keep saying, like, it's all about making a good user experience. Yeah. And then you have to worry about people being like that. Yeah. But so that's what John said, right? And here's what SEOs will hear. OMG, we need less internal links. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is what we're going to get via spam outreach. Did you know that your pages have too many internal links? It's a ranking factor and can significantly hinder your performance. So look out for those emails and prep your clients for all that barrage of nonsense. It's like reality, no heck, Sherlock. If you bold everything on your site, you bold nothing. And if you link to everything, you link to nothing. Like you need to have a structure and link to things that are important. I'm exhausted. It's not that hard. It's just how stupid are we all? This is where I just get to. I don't know. <laughs> New name for the organic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next up, let's keep with the Google guys and their search on the record podcast. There's somebody named Dewey that came on this week from Google and I thought it was interesting. They said he was trying to talk about how they look for spam, fight for spam, and basically demote them. In some cases it could be the entire domain. Sometimes it could be certain sections. Um, and one other thing that worries Dewey is a four-letter word that starts with S and ends in M. Do you have any guess as to what really worries Dewey? I don't want to know. The third letter is A. Shazam. Not spam. Close. Scam. That's the new thing. He said spam and scam. I liked it. So he said a lot of people are trying to rank for content that would publish a false number, make you call them be like uh, again for like contacting or something and there's a lot of scam going on that they're trying to cut down to which is harder than spam because spam is a little different um, so I thought it was interesting to try to see from the Google perspective of spam versus scam and all the different ways that spammers and scammers are going after the SERPs so pretty cool if you want to check that out next up slack has launched huddles a discord like audio calls that you can hop in and out of why didn't they fix Slack calls first before they release this feature? Because whenever I get a Slack call, we have to hang up and redial three <laughs> times before we both can have proper audio and video. Because that's not the hip trend, Mark. It's a huddle. Again, it, I'm exhausted. I actually, also, I think this is maybe one reasonable use for the huddles. For, for the audio thing. And an example they have in this GIF is you can get on your sales team, you can get an entire sales team at a company to join an audio only room, you don't have video everywhere. Maybe it's because their Slack calls suck and just crash all the time. But isn't this just an extension of Slack calls? And like, why can't you just like call a channel or like call a group message? What is the difference? It's a huddle. <laughs> Sports, Sorry, Mark. I'm a, I'm a pessimist here. <laughs> Anyway, I could at least see a big company using this or maybe doing a lunch and learn or something on it. I don't know. but No, I think it's very useful. I just don't understand the packaging of it. It's shiny. Shiny toy. They've got it now. I don't know. Anyway, Google is telling you now to highlight your customer support methods in Google search. This is a new post that came out here in July. Generally, when they say something like this, pay attention to it, and you can see all the different ways to highlight customer support and stop some of the scam 
that is happening when people do search for customer search. Next up from Glenn Gabe, 2019 BFF for the show. He says, very cool. At Spotify, car thing arrived. Easy to set up. We'll be testing this out heavily this summer. First test was launching the At Marketing Clock podcast. Haha, <laughs> worked well. What an honor. And he said, thanks, seems like a good option for those without Android Audio or Apple CarPlay, which is most people. Initial test went well, eager to use it while out and about. I love the name. Yes. And as you know, Spotify is trying to beat everybody to the top of having all the podcasts, essentially. And this is a cool tool that might help other people be able to listen to more podcasts, be able to listen through Spotify. They obviously have the Joe Rogan podcast, the Caller Daddy podcast. Uh, the Boss and Barack podcast, and the Harry David podcast. Do you listen to that one? Harry David? And Meghan Merkel? <laughs> Who's David? Isn't that his name? No, his like, great-grandfather was David. Before what is he his became name? became King Edward. Prince Harry. His first name isn't Prince. There's one prince Harry, and he's dead. His name is Harry Windsor. Isn't it? I thought it was David. That might be one of his middle names. Windsor is like a town. No, Windsor is their, they changed their last name to Windsor from Mountbatten during World War One because they didn't want to seem German anymore. I Googled this to find out his real name because I didn't want to call him Prince Harry because I know he renounced his princeship. David is he his last middle name. He probably has like seven middle Windsor. names though. And his, oh, it's, so his name. Ask Azeem yeah, baby know. Archie's name is. Azeem. Is yeah, it Harry Azeem Windsor or Harry David? Baby Archie's name is Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. Their last name is Windsor. What is How the do you prince's know this name? What's Megan? Oh, What's Megan Merkel? Who did Megan Merkel marry? Caleb. <laughs> I've been watching the Netflix documentary Royal House of Windsor as I fall asleep every night for the past two years. So by osmosis, you're just like, <laughs> you know everyone's name. Now. Any more questions? <laughs> I think he just renounced his like duties. So you get zero. Well, then title. you're not a prince. It's like me saying like, oh, I'm director of marketing and all I renounce my duties. You don't call me director of marketing. You call me the guy on the street. All of the queen's grandchildren <laughs> are prince and princess. She like released a decree. I'm not calling him prince if he's not a prince anymore. Then call him Harry Windsor. Why That's don't you his last call name, him Mr. Windsor? <laughs> Mr. Mr. Harry David Windsor. But anyway, thanks, Glenn. <laughs> and then just a quick report back. The podcast polling worked great last week. The Not children's really. book was phenomenal. Um, everybody seemed to vote for me, which is strange. But um, anyway, check that. No, Shapi actually won four <gasps> votes. Jess, three votes. Me, one vote. Caleb, one vote. So. And I just want to say that I voted for myself. So the fact that none of you guys so did voted I. for me I voted for is myself noted. Too. Did well, you? you? Have like, you have so like, that means Eddie voted for me, my husband, because he said he was between you and me, but he wouldn't tell me who he voted for. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> and like, you have like, so many family members that listen to this mm -hmm. thing. And I didn't vote. It's unfair. You weren't in but the But Mark, job. you would have voted for me, right? <laughs> I, I, I haven't go. listened yet. Well, now that we know he loves Go.Go, he would have. Yeah. All right. Well, mm -hmm. go, Mark, go. What's happening in social? <laughs> well, to start off, I want to take it back a few weeks now. When we reported on the recent Instagram findings of app researcher Alessandra Paluzzi, who frequently uncovers new features through reverse engineering. Well, those screenshots that he shared with us, um, Instagram has officially confirmed that those new monetization features that he discovered are that they're actually working on those and they'll be released soon. Um, those features include exclusive stories exclusive story highlights and an nft feature called collectibles to kind of revisit that uh, is pretty similar to twitter super follows or patreon or OnlyFans. um fan club members will pay a subscription to gain access to exclusive stories and highlight content so just another way for creators to make some money off the app next up from Andrew Hutchinson, of course. We have to have him here. Oh, definitely a prince. <laughs> the prince of social media today. He, he has not renounced his title. Prince of ignoring me. <laughs> Twitter is testing new audience controls on tweets, similar to something Facebook posts have had for decades and what we have with Instagram stories now enabling users to share tweets with just Twitter communities, which is like Twitter's version of groups, um, trusted friends, like your closed friends list on Instagram stories or with other specific audiences. 
The goal here is really just to improve engagement and content relevance. So if you tweet about different things, like if you want to tweet about marketing and also like fancy restaurant bathrooms, you could have different audiences for those different things. Another similar feature that Twitter is working on is called facets. And one thing is that a lot of people who tweet about different things will make different Twitter profiles for those things. You end up like me and have five different Twitter accounts that you have to keep track of. Now you can have just one profile with different facets that will have different privacy settings and you're tweeting out different content from those facets. That is so great for multifaceted people like you. Oh my god! Will you be joining your biz Twitter with your Gardens Twitter? <laughs> I'll start bringing my satire Twitter over to my business Twitter. Love it. Totally. Um, but this also has a really great application for brands. You think about how many brands have a different Twitter for marketing versus customer service, or if you have different products at your company, you might have different Twitter accounts for those, and you can now manage them all in one place. So that is really cool and could be very handy. Next up in the Twitterverse, um, from Leanne Amara, people experience designer at Twitter, she shared a thread on new privacy features that are coming to Twitter, including a privacy check-in, which is, seems really cool, where if you're not sure about what privacy settings you want, it walks you through kind of a questionnaire to help you set your privacy preferences about how you want your profile to be set up. Also, there is reply notification. So if your tweets are protected and you try to reply to someone, it will notify you if that person isn't going to see your reply and give you the option to go back on public. How is that not already a thing? Okay. Because <laughs> you should know that. Like, I feel like if you're on private, you should only be replying to yeah. your friends. Right? Like, like, you're not going to, like, reply to celebrities if you're on private. But people, people clearly do. People are. They really need do. the feature. People quote tweet. crazy. And I just like no one sees that you're on private. Um, this one is the one I'm most excited about. Be going back to my five Twitters that I have, account breadcrumbs, which make it easier to see which account you're tweeting from. So when you go to type in a tweet, it'll show the profile picture for that Twitter account, and it will give you the option to switch to a different Twitter account from that screen. Great for social media managers too. Yeah, so you're not gonna get all those accents of people tweeting personal things off of yeah. their company Twitter and getting fired. <laughs> <clears throat> and just a quick update here. I just, Microsoft binged I this. I said, what is Prince Harry's name? And they said, Henry Charles Albert David. That is not his last name, Greg. Look up his, his, his dad's last name is not David. That's it not is George. That's not their last dad. name. They don't really have a last name. Well, then you got to go with the name, name given. His name is Windsor. His He's, baby's last name is Mountbatten Windsor. No, he gave it up. The baby, look. The it. baby, too. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm going to leave. Prince Archie name. <laughs> Wait, your baby wait, can't wait, be a prince. Out. Archie Mountbatten Windsor. You, if you're born to a non-prince, you can't be a prince. He's not. I but watched his last the Lion name King. Is Windsor because he's not a prince. Wait, That's what I'm it, saying. Just real quick interjection: Is the baby's name actually Archie? Yeah. Is it like Archibald? Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. It's and not Beatrice Archibald. And Beatrice and Eugenie, <laughs> Eugenie their last name is Windsor. Um, nobody knew, but then Eugenie wrote her name on a college sign-up as Eugenie Mountbatten Windsor. Okay. Do we need to have a separate podcast to discuss the royals and how their names work? <laughs> we can just do it right here in the social section. <laughs> That'll be our next marketing talk. Are we done with the royals? For because now. I'd like to Greg's move on. Keep it up. If we I'm have fine. another marketing talk, there's a marketer. This name is actually Harry David. So we should get him on. Get I know. David's I think his name is Harry this. David Windsor. We should see what he thinks. Is he a sir? We'll see. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> privacy sets will group privacy settings um, by different groupings. You can have like open, so like everything is out there. We can see everything, selective, everything, and everything hidden and customizable, where you can choose different options just to make it easier to select a bunch of settings at once. And lastly, discover me controls that can notify you if accounts are searching for your username. Let you, they let you choose how you can be found. So whether you can be found by like your username, your name, your phone number, your email, and set a time limit for those settings. 
So you can keep an eye out for everyone that's stalking you on social media. Nobody's stalking me. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you not a Windsor? <laughs> Apparently nobody You is. brought it back up. <laughs> <laughs> and next up from Robert Williams of Social Media Today, not Andrew Hutchinson. Um, Instagram is saying it's no longer hip to be square. Oh. Adam Asseri, the head of Instagram, announced new tests to make Instagram more like TikTok. Shocking including full screen recommended videos and user feeds rather than just the usual square photo posts that are recommended. And yet another social media today article that is not from Andrew Hutchinson. And this one is from Jetta Mariani. After a global testing period, TikTok will now allow all users to create longer videos up to three minutes long, citing that TikTok's 30 second video length is no longer suitable for creators who are creating the popular tutorial type content, which often has to be split up into two or three parts, which obviously is a pain for viewers and creators alike. Mm Because we're not searching down those other yep. two parts. YouTube can go short. Now TikTok goes long. Everything is nothing. <laughs> it's kind of like a zipper that you can attach the parts. So it can what? be short or long. <laughs> zipper nobody asked for. No, I asked for it. I love long TikToks. And actually, Caleb, we just got approved for longer ones, Yes, right? so we got the three-minute mark, so yeah. expect very long TikToks up. now. And Greg will just talk I for three minutes. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we should complain until we can put the entire podcast on TikTok like Ooh. we do on YouTube. Okay. I'm sure people will love Come it. on. Where's that hour and ten-minute long TikTok but Nobody at? would know how long our episodes are because there's no time on there. Yeah, we're going to need an hour 32 <laughs> this week. <laughs> And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. I really like that Twitter, I don't know the exact number, but they don't count URLs as like the full length of the URL. It's like the standard amount no matter what the URL is. I wish they did that for handles. Because whenever I have to mention Microsoft advertising on the marketing o'clock Twitter, it takes up a bunch of characters and it's very irritating. So I would like that to be a new feature, please. Mm Mm-hmm. Something hardly working is we had done an audit for a client along a while back. They took the audit. It worked well in Google without our, our knowledge. They moved it over to Microsoft advertising. And boy, smart bidding works completely different. So you cannot just export and import to Microsoft advertising. Thankfully, they corrected it and they reverted back the old campaigns but boy that bidding is different something that's working really well for me is the actually like the editing platform that tiktok has um i was fully expecting last week after we've been doing a lot more tiktoks that i would just open it up in premiere it would be quicker and easier but a lot of the times it was faster and simpler in tiktok so i think that's really interesting especially for stuff like green screening and masking it was built in and just a swipe of the finger Mm -hmm. so yeah so everyone ditched the Adobe Suite and switched to TikTok. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. 100%. <laughs> and something that's not working with for me, also with Microsoft, is I am fed up with Microsoft closed variants. It is absolutely insane. There is no way to negate them because it's still, like, the only way to negate them is to just negate the keyword that you're actually bidding on. <laughs> And they are just dropping parts of the keyword left and right. You can have a a phrase match keyword with three terms in it and like only one of them is in there. And it's ridiculous. You email their support team and they try to explain to you what negative keywords are. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I know what those are, but I can't use those to negate them because you're dropping part of my keyword. And I'm just, I literally had to turn off Microsoft advertising for a client because there was nothing else I could do. Yeah, they've got to figure out the close variants. It's bad. Segment, segment. We have a new segment. Sup with Zuck. And this comes from Facebook. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but click on through. Turn your music up here. There's a new post from Mark Zuckerberg (gasps) on the 4th of July. Stop. Post heaven, West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains. You guys. This is absurd. So, 
He's spiraling out. He's having a crisis. What is, what is happening to him? What is this? He's on like a hoverboard in a beautiful waterway holding an American flag. A lake with no other boats on an electric skate, skate hoverboard. And I've never seen anything look less cool than trying to get more height on hoverboards. He like kind of like <laughs> down a little bit. All I know he, is I'm frightened. Like he's going to throw a spear. Something is happening. He, he's like, I don't know what he's doing. He's trying out for American Gladiators. No, I don't know what's happening. I, he knows something we like, don't. Watch out, like, There's Nitro. no way. Yeah. He's like... He's prepping for something. Yeah. He has I'm too much time on his hands. Like he needs some a hobby. <laughs> oh my god. He needs to stop sharing the hobbies on Facebook. <laughs> he needs to get a TikTok. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> and now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is conversion intelligence from Unbounce. For Unbounce users everywhere, conversion intelligence combines AI tools like assisted page building, machine-powered insights, automated personalization, and streamlined testing with market intelligence like market research, best practices, raw creativity, and past experience to help marketers build, optimize, and apply learnings from their landing pages. And now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from C. Quan Ong of Ahrefs, and they created a post that was brilliant, I thought, called Steal Our SEO Specialist Job Description Template. And in this, if you are looking for a good job posting, which I think there's been a demand for digital marketers lately, check it out. There are responsibilities, requirements, desirables, and then there's a whole bunch of information on how to use a template itself. So check that out. Thank you, Si Guan Ong. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And we'll see you next week. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore, we just... Shoot the hack! This week, we'll be, we will be playing Poke Holes in this, which is everybody's least favorite game, <laughs> where we present ideas that we think are just unpokeable. They're great ideas that'll just make the world better, and the other people in the group try to shoot down the idea and crush your hopes and dreams. Okay, Greg, you can go first. Okay, this was actually a mistake, a flub that I made when talking about Jess's entrance songs. And I'm like, you know what? That was actually a great idea. I said LinkedIn Park, and I workshopped it a little bit. <laughs> this is going to be a park where you go, suits required, and you go. And, and instead of roller coasters, it's like networking. And then you have like a little clubhouse, huddles, things like that. And it's real life LinkedIn for business people. <laughs> it's not just a conference. No, it's LinkedIn Park. Just it's fun. It's, it's like sort of like the WeWork get togethers, but a little more professional. But l- less or more of a call. Less. It's just business. Where will the park be located? Menlo Park. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I just Facebook is. I don't know. It's Mountain View. Hot outside, and nobody wants to be wearing a suit. How many inspirational? Stories? Nobody's going. Oh, it's all inspiration. You're going to come out of there more inspired than you've ever been in your life. Are you trying to Gary V telling you to, to shoot your family members in the head? Gary V doesn't wear a suit. Oh, he'll True. be there though. Don't worry. It's going to be so That's inspirational. A, yeah, it's a terrible idea. Okay, what do you got? Okay. Like me. My first idea for today is I was sending out thank you notes and I had to lick the envelopes. It's just a terrible task. Why don't they make them flavored? Oh, I thought you were going with like like a like a tongue stamp. 
You know what I mean? Where instead of a, a stamp pad, you have a tongue, and it's a rubber tongue, and then you put it in like water, and you have like a tongue stamp. That's they disgusting. Make, they, have a, they have a thing that you like. Yeah, for businesses. Like a roller, and you just like pull it through. But I'm not getting that for my home. See, I want just like a nice raspberry flavor envelope. But like when I'm sending my obligatory like thank you card to Aunt Rosie for the socks, do I really need to taste cherry or no, pears so, or whatever? You know I what think I mean? you got something there. I like the rubber tongue that you came up with. I did. And I think another thing, if, if you turned it mint, you might get more people on board. Mint, it's like, oh, yep, I just had like a little breath mint. Freshen mm-hmm. my breath. Yeah, you need so to be if you make careful it mint, I'm in. about the smell and the color of it because you could like creep some people out. Okay, Caleb, I heard you had one. Yeah, mine's pretty dumb. But uh, so I was eating cereal the other day. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a really boring back of the box. And I remember when we were kids. Because you eat boring cereal. <laughs> okay. True. Honey Bunch of Oats is not really a page turner. But uh, why don't we have cereal box backs for adults? So it has like, instead of like a maze that you would do when you were 10, you could have like a more complicated maze that you could do as an adult or like news or stuff like that. Conspiracy theory. Because I don't necessarily <laughs> want to like look at my phone while I eat. You know, like a, a New York Times pops. level crossword puzzle, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do a, a collab with LinkedIn Park and get like ins- inspirational quotes <laughs> no, no and col- like. No collab. It's yeah, weird. like. But something like that. Something that I don't have to look at my phone while I eat. The coloring thing that's big with adults, you know? Like adult coloring books. Adult coloring books. Yeah. yeah. That would be great for all the cereals that only boring adults like you eat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Greg. I'll you have take my one? grape nuts somewhere yeah. else. Okay? How good do you want one? Really good? You're, you can have one more after this. Okay. I thought people people now, you know, you can't even swallow a pill. And it's <laughs> everything's like a gummy. I was just thinking like at some point we're going to do it where your food's going to come pre-chewed. Like pre-chewed food. Nope. It's not happening. Where That's you don't have idea. to actually chew as much. That's as maybe your idea. If, Birds. Yep. No. No. Like what? Is Greg, just who's like- chewing the food? <laughs> okay, here's a good one then. That's disgusting. No, it's like a machine. You have like a little head. It's like the stamp machine you <laughs> came you up with. You put the food in and then okay, wind it up. Okay, here's another one. When you go to a bathroom on a plane, you have to lock the door to get the light to turn on. Mm-hmm. That for houses. So then in order to get out of the bathroom, you have to turn the light off so your kids can't leave the lights on. That's actually a good one. Or an office. No, I had a roommate in college who always left the bathroom light on. And no matter how many times we told her, it was on. I always leave it on. little Matt Lowry with like the locking and the lights part of it. But I feel like there's a way to make it work where you're saving energy. Okay. Well, I have one more. Okay. So we have Instacart. But now people are going back to the grocery stores. It's safe again. Some people enjoy it there. Can't relate. We need a reverse Instacart for the situation where you're at the store and you realize you need like eggs or something, but you forgot to count how many you have at home or see when they expire. You need to send someone back to your house. That is amazing. To check and see all the things you forgot to check before you left. That's amazing. So you're telling me Joe Schmo is going to go into my house and count my eggs Yeah, for yeah. Me. well, you enjoy the grocery store. Rummage around in your fridge, see what you got in there. It's you a brilliant like idea. A ring doorbell. I mean, the better idea is just to have a camera inside the fridge. No, too complicated, no, no. Mark. How could anybody do that? That's way too hard. Okay, well, I'm just going to buy the trademark for reverse Instacart, and we'll see you next week.